Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. No, we do it Monday through Friday, not actually every day. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. We are off and running on a new week, and everybody starts the week off with none other than that witty, full of wisdom rancher. From North Spring Valley, Nevada, the heart of White Pine County, Hank Bogler. Please stand and take a bow. Top of the morning. It's morning somewhere. Well, Janet Yellen bows to the Chinese. That's enough, ain't it? <laughs> that is enough. What do you make yeah. out of that little journey? Uh Heine backside kissing, I, you know, please don't shoot me. We're just trying to get along. Can't we all hold hands and sing Kumbaya? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think nationalism, that's the lighter side of what she's doing there. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> line our pockets with gold. We'll leave you alone. You know, I went to a party over the 4th of July. There were two Americans there, or Americans or whatever. Everybody there was American. Everybody else was an Asian. And they were doing karaoke. This group loves to do karaoke. And as it started, and there was nobody, no reason to impress anybody. It was just having cocktails, having dinner, having stuff like that, and everything's just moving right along. And I'm getting a call from Grace and Uwaldi. Okay, you want to take it? No. <laughs> All right. Why is he? And, why is he calling at and five a.m.? <laughs> one of the gentlemen was a doctor. One of the one of the because Grace can never remember Monday. I'm on the radio at five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, uh, one of the gentlemen got up. He was a doctor. Uh, he has practiced in more than one state in the United States. Uh, and he started singing the Star Spangled Banner. And if you didn't know the Star Spangled Banner, acapella, of course, others joined in, put their hands on their heart. Everybody stood up. Now, I think Mr. Xi Jinping, and I discussed this with a couple of them, they have spent they all seem to really like Dong Xiaoping. He let the genie out of the bottle from Mao Zedong. That was his and, father, right? No, 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 no. Dong Xiaoping, I don't know who, who he sired him, but he was the one that decided to strap on a little capitalism. Yeah, they but let the genie that, out of the bottle. Isn't that the existing uh, Dong Ping's father? Xi Jinping? Uh, I don't think so. I I, th- I think if they could have him arrested like he did the undersecretary. I mean, this is just all politics. Now, they get $450 billion from us. We sell them $150 billion in agriculture products because they recognize they need to feed themselves. They have an aging population. And the best way, I don't care if you're Irish, you're proud to be Irish on St. Patty's Day, Cinco de Mayo. Everybody's from Mexico, whatever. 
And so if you are losing your grip on power, a little nationalism will go a long ways. These people are, I'm sure, more than prideful of being Chinese. But are they loyal to Dong Xiaoping? I don't think so. And yes, I'm sure he's slipping spies in here. They say they have police stations, all this stuff. Well, okay, I'm sure back in the beginning of time, they were spying on each other. There was all sorts of uh, fear and, 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 you know, that they're no longer in power. But we have, people in our government have sold out for money, for power. And, and they've sold out. And the Chinese, because they get a heck of a lot more of those $100 bills in than we uh, get in, in in Chinese yuan, they're buying them wholesale cheap to them <laughs> so i it's just the politics of it is horrible the saber rattling is horrible but it's all based on we got to build more weapons and they are going to try and have dominance over their region but japan is starting to arm itself south korea is armed you know i mean all of this stuff is just this continual Politics, just imagine if, uh, you know, and this is the old hippie deal, so you can't, it doesn't work. Just imagine if we didn't have wars other than the protection of our own shores. How many industries in this country, whether they're making blankets, whether they're making ammunition, tanks, whatever, how many people would get laid off tomorrow? It's big complex. I think Dwight Eisenhower warned us of it. And, and that's what's going on to me. Now, It'll be a rich man's war and a poor man's fight. And and killing kids that haven't even had a chance to live is not the right answer. But we're whipping up, these guys are the bad guys. Well, there are bad guys over there, and there's a bunch of them, and they're in charge. Well, when they're over there looking at our FBI, and we got cocaine in the White House, you know. Heck, I used to think artificial intelligence was people who were smoking dope. They thought they were smart. You know, I think Kamala Harris, every time I hear her talk, she sounds like somebody that smoked too much marijuana and is wafting philosophically, but gets lost lost in the conversation. I mean, all of this stuff is going on. And it keeps us on the edge of our seat. And that's what they want. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Oh, I, I have I hope, the answer. <laughs> I hope we didn't just slide by that because that's one of the most clever ones yet. I used to think that artificial intelligence was people who smoke too much dope. Well, <laughs> Hey, I have to admit I was in college. I gave it to the old experimental try. And some of the kids that I grew up with that were from the bottom half of the class. Cause they didn't pay any attention. They may have become alcoholics. They'd smoke a little of that dope. And the dope in those days, they used to smoke it by the plastic bag full before they got a buzz on. And then then they might have been hyperventilating. I don't know. Might have been oregano. (laughs) (laughs) Then all of a sudden. Wait a minute. Can you get a buzz on from eating pizza? Is that what you just said? (laughs) I guess you can. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't get it. It scared me. Uh, you know, they, they just kept smoking it and smoking it and got weirder and weirder. And then they started, it was a gateway drug. 
they got goofier and goofier. And I believe almost to the man, they're all dead. Maybe I, one I, or two are still alive. I believe that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, and, and now we just pack it in here. Once they got on the dope. We packed dope in here left and right, creating dependencies. That's unimaginable. The government yep. would be involved in, in getting fentanyl into this country, which you can't argue they're not, to create a drug dependency. Portland, Oregon, now they're handing out, I don't know, pipes so that they can smoke it instead of inject it and 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 they think they're helping people. Uh, sorry. Uh, I mean, that's like buying an alcoholic at a liquor store thinking he'll get tired of drinking. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, it's not how it works. So, yeah, not only do we provide the drugs, but we provide the money through the welfare program so they can buy the drugs so they won't rob the stores. But that's not good enough. Now they want to rob the stores because there's no consequence. There's no bail. I mean, and, and, and you are a I'm pioneer sorry. in one other regard because you've been talking about labor problems for years, and all of a sudden now you cannot have a discussion with anybody. Even my mother yesterday told me that uh, she had a group of uh, ladies that she was going to go to lunch with somewhere. They went to two restaurants. They had to go to the third restaurant before they found one that was open because they didn't have enough employees to staff the place. Roll out. Hank Bogle, Trent Lewis. We'll be back with more after this. One should be really concerned about what's taking place in the energy sector. If you talk about this carbon capture and you look at the data, the data says that prices of electricity with carbon capture in place at least double and could go up significantly more short term. That's not taking into consideration the access to electricity that we've become so accustomed to. We're putting our electric grid in jeopardy by eliminating the, not only natural gas, but coal is the two reliable sources of a resource that we have to generate affordable, reliable electric. Let's get loud about how we need to continue things like lignite coal. Details about everything I just explained can be found on the web, lignite.com. The videos are absolutely fantastic. And while I'm talking about that, we have the freedom to make these decisions. And we only have that because of the sacrifice of the men and women, the first responders, all of the people who contribute to our liberty and our freedom for 247 years. The Wall of Honor celebrates this. Go to thewallofhonor.org and let's be a part of the solution. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada, where he used to think that artificial intelligence was people who smoke too much dope. I'm probably going to steal that one. If I use it like six times and give you credit today, that'll be my uh, statute of limitations on giving you credit, and I'll just take credit for it. That's my job. I'm Roy Rogers, Pat Brady. Yep, I'm wishbone on rawhide. You're the man. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to consider you more like Barney Fife on Mayberry. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Can I have my bullet for my gun? (laughs) You got plenty of ammunition. You don't need any more, Barney. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just... uh, 
it's just amazing. Uh, the, I, I, I don't know why I don't feel gullible. I make mistakes every day. No question about them. Uh, my favorite line is Winston Churchill. Success is getting from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's just so many things going on in the world. And then you look around and you go, Oh yeah. Boy, is that dumb or what? And, and you, you can't hide from it. It's there everywhere. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. We'll just buy these guys. They're dope. We'll feed them. We'll do everything in the world. And then they'll all quit, live av- happily ever after and sell pillows. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. okay. How, how'd you come up with sell pillows? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that what that guy always says? It sells the pillows. Uh, He's a big supporter of of democracy, uh, republic the Republicans. Uh, he's on commercials all the time. He's always selling pillows. Yeah, Mike Lindell, you're speaking. He said he was, yeah, yeah, and and that's the ones that I saw that were fighting the Second World War when I was a kid. There were some of them that just couldn't get over the whatever was the PTSD or whatever they call it now, and there were others that hit that bottom. And and went through some of them, the DTs at the dinner table. That was always exciting. So you know, or in the middle of the night, the Germans are coming, or the Japs are coming, or whatever. Yeah, uh, screaming through the bunkhouse. But some of them recovered. Some of them managed their issues with alcohol, stayed sober sometimes for years at a time, and then would fall off the wagon. They called it just all of those things. But some of them hit that bottom. And became successful. Art Winnick was one of them. He he became very successful carpenter. And I mean, just stuff like that. Uh, you know, just feeding the issue didn't help. So through the years, uh, Rand Paul has has been. Um, no, it's not Rand. Rand's his son, Ron Paul, right from Texas. Rand Paul's right. a senator from Kentucky. Right. Uh, you know, Ron Paul has always been astute of the Constitution, which I try to be, and I don't, I'm not adequate. It's kind of like the Bible. I try to be, but I'm not adequate. I need to be better. And the one thing that he, he always talked about that I just like, where, what's this guy coming up with? Is that we don't need to engage in foreign conflicts. Do not send our men abroad. And it's because I came up, I grew up in this era, you know, born in 66, right in the heart of you trying to to increase your artificial intelligence. And then I graduated high school in 84. And through all that period of time, we were so indoctrinated with, we have to have a presence with our military around the world because we want to, we want to rid out terrorism and oppression on their soil before it gets to our soil. And, it, and we all bought that because it kind of makes sense. Now, looking back, and you talk about the, the PTSD and you talk about all of the wars and you talk about Biden going to London today to try to encourage and create World War Three. Not one of those wars was necessary. There was no war necessary to protect American citizens. It was it has always been about those who have are creating an environment to keep us, the peasants, busy doing the minuscule ta- task and and creating the nationalism that you talked about in the first sentiment 
so that we will continue to fight for country. And I do not in any way, shape, or form minimize what the men and women who went there and fought for country do. But we are like the pawns in their chess game. And I, I just, I, I'm now rethinking everything about life, Hank. Well, and Trent, look what's going on in France. Except Kelly. I'm not rethinking Kelly. Just, 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 just to be clear, but okay. Ke- federal government didn't give me Kelly. I picked Kelly. I, I want to be very clear about everything in my okay. life. All right. Well, Kelly, uh, you could use my law firm, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, if you're having <laughs> issues. <laughs> no, look what's going on in France. After the Second World War, they didn't have young people coming up to do labor. So they brought in people from other countries. Now their country is in total chaos. Mm-hmm. And guess who's next? El Estados Unidos is pro grande problema. We're, we're going to do it. Uh, and it's not that the people that are coming here, they're not coming here to be the CFOs or the CEOs of Apple Computer. They're going to come here and be working in those restaurants that your mother had to go to three to to find somebody that was waiting tables. And the next generation is going to come up. But if we keep the poverty pimps out there telling them that they're downtrodden and they'll never get anywhere because this is a white racist country and they're, they're just stirring it up to promote their flavor of communism. And there is no such thing as communism. It's called totalitarianism. They want power. I mean, look at Black Lives Matter. They got millions of dollars in everybody trying to shut them up all the big industries, and they went out and bought fancy luxury homes with the money. Well, do you think Putin is living in a mud hut in Russia? Have you seen his yacht? (laughs) All of this stuff. Well, that's not communist. Everybody's the same. Well, no. Well, you know, some pigs or some animals are more equal than others. Okay, George Orwell came up with that a long time ago. And when I read it as a child, 1984 seemed like it was a long ways off. And and it is it is the, probably the best grip that and Anne Rand Anthem yeah. and all of those books that she wrote told us what was coming. And we're standing around going, oh, we'll all get along. It'll all be all right. We're a democracy. No, we're not. We have. They hated democracy. Did you ever read the Federalist Papers? Any part of it? Democracy is mob rule. We're a representative republic, and we have we have done little incremental changes over the years that has made us what we are not. Not. We we changed unalienable rights granted by God to inalienable rights that you can vote away. We changed all kinds of interpretations of the Constitution. And we get two or three little tiny blips on the screen from the from the Supreme Court, and, and everybody's got their shorts and a knot over it. I mean, <laughs> it's just absolutely, in, it, it's just education. We've got to get rid of the Department of Education, give kids a free choice to where they, how they want to be educated. And if you, if you want to uh, guarantee, almost practically guarantee failure, send them to the public schools. 
the teachers union doesn't Thanks. Care about I was feeling kids. bad enough about all the misinformation they had put in my head. Now you're going to let me know that it's, it's a, there's been a lifetime of me making bad choices of going to public schools. Well, okay, I would say a public school in Nebraska is just a little different flavor than a public school no. in Los Angeles or in no, Chicago. I, I actually or New I disagree York. with you because guess what I'm doing tonight? I'm going to the school board meeting because we continue to make stupid choices. We we continue to allow this teachers union to bring about teaching kindergartners oral sex and all these other things that has no place in a public institution. And Nebraska is no different. I don't care what state you're in. It's just a unified plan to come and get our kids, and it's been working. It's time to turn it around. That's why you go to the Sound of Freedom, and then you start doing something about it. We're back. Second half. We're all out after this. When it comes to accessing food, certified Piedmontese makes this extremely easy. You can get it delivered to your door. You don't need to go find it in some woke retail chain. Go to certifiedpiedmontese.com. You'll find out that you can get more than just beef at this website. It's gotten to be quite complex, quite diverse. And at the end of the day, you have a supply of essential nutrition coming from cattlemen in the Great Plains of America. Certified Piedmontese, paving the way to get the producer closer to the consumer instead of so many middlemen. CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Speaking of Certified Piedmontese, we will be on display again this year at the National Western celebrating the heritage of everything about taking care of resources and providing for people. And you look at what's taking place in Colorado. This is as much as anything. The resource providers, the farmers, the ranchers, the people who've been taking care of that great landscape and producing food and fiber and fuel, They've been under attack. The National Western is a place we can help support that. NationalWestern.com. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler checking in. You got a county commission meeting this week? I do. I do. (laughs) It's it's. Stay tuned. It might be kind of lively. There's some issues coming up with the bureaucrats pushing on the local residents about all kinds of little picadillos. And there's going to be, uh, my understanding is, a pretty good little crowd's going to show up. Oh, uh, nice. It'd be kind of interesting to see if they get their fingers slapped for pushy, pushy, pushy. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. The it, No matter how low on that totem pole when you get that power you've got to kind of justify your power you got to stay in power you got to do all these power trips so but i think the american people that's what's happened is it was it was one thing for this goofy guy out there talking about sage grouse and betting a case of beer how quick during the session he talked about it and tee hee 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 until the lesser prairie chicken which I'm still mad about. It should be the grand, great, big, huge prairie chicken, not this lesser one. Let's get the big ones in there. And and then all of a sudden, it's not funny anymore. Or, well, he's having a little issue with this son of Nevada water authority. Ha, 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 ha. It's no big deal. Heck, he probably, they'll probably sell his rents for 80 gazillion dollars. Well, no, that'd be like selling my children. You don't do that. Not for that reason. I mean, it's stupid. So, but now... We got water issues all over the country. We got 
right here in Hooterville, Nevada. We, we got them lined up saying that the, they took a tape measure out and the cars were parked in people's businesses that were too close to the highway. And there's an ordinance that we have to enforce. And that was probably why Gratian was calling me at five o'clock. He's got one of those buildings, a oh. business that he can't move his fence. He can't move his vehicles. But ah, we measured her up. You're too close, Bagley. And another one, he's got all these cars that he's worked on or trying to sell. I drive by, I slow down. I look over there. I'm trying to update my fleet when I look in his junkyard. I mean, for gosh sakes. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, but we're going to push on him. The guy who does my mechanics work on, on vehicles, he's got the same exact thing. So he lives in Ravana, population of Ravana, Nebraska, maybe 2,500. And he, you know, he fixes vehicles up. So there was one time I had a spent vehicle down there with him sitting in his yard for two years. Well, the town council came to him and said they're going to fine him if he don't get rid of the vehicles out of his his property. It's his property, and they're sitting around there, and they think that it looks cluttered. Well, who cares what you think my property looks like? Hank, if we don't draw the line in the sand on this property rights thing, and we had a phenomenal meeting, two meetings that you need to know about. One, we were in Pierre at the state capital of South Dakota Thursday. We had nearly 800 people showed up for a property rights roundup. Because we are tired of eminent domain. We're tired of being told we own this property. And then every time we turn around, we're told what we can and can't do with this property. Then they want to take it because they think a CO2 pipeline is a good idea to create death and starvation for the world. Then Saturday, I have another property rights meeting in Fort Dodge, Iowa. We had Florida represented, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, those are the states that I know were represented, and we're just going to draw a line in the sand. No longer going to tell us what to do with their, your own property, and that's what you're talking about right here. Yeah, and it all goes back to the fact, if you look far enough back on the deed to your property, at one time it was owned by the federal government, and they think they still are in, uh, have got to rule and regulate it into the ground. And several years ago, poor little old Ely paid this guy to come through and look at the beautification uh, of people coming in and, and people's perception. Well, let me give you a quick clue. Ely's the most isolated town of its size in the continental United States. I believe that. And Burns, Oregon is second. So I, I have experience in my entire lifetime of both places. So this guy comes through and, and says the impression people see these vehicles setting along the road, so they pass the law. And that's going to inhibit people coming to you. No. You get the Ely, your car's out of gas. Your <laughs> wife is mad at you. The dog has pooped in the back seat. The kids are screaming. The, you know, I mean, you have got to stop in Ely, Nevada, whether you want to or not. There is no alternatives. And we're going to tell me or anybody else that the guy that has a few cars that is on his property for sale or for whatever, uh, he may think it's absolutely beautiful to have those cars to pass an ordinance based on this guy's study saying, oh, got to have them at least 200 feet off the road. Oh, okay. Well, I think if you left them in the middle of the road, that'd be different. But, you know, like I say, that this guy, he started out, he had 
maybe one or two cars in there. He's he's got a business. He's repairing cars. He's now selling parts. He's doing all kinds of things to get the American dream. And now his he's must do enough business that this lot has got all kinds of cars and trucks and and stuff I could use to update my fleet. And I slow down and everybody and, and it's supposed to be an embarrassment. Get over it. <laughs> so now it's gotten interesting for me because you said this is an Ely town ordinance. Oh, well, it's the county ordinance, I guess. Oh, the, guy, the guy's the building building inspector. Okay, because I was sure going to say if you had a if it's a town ordinance, I don't know whether or not you as the county can tell the town what they're going to do. Well, because it's a small area, we don't have like city police. Uh, we have county sheriff's department that kind of takes care of. There's the the there's a pretty good symbiotic relationship between county and city. Just because of the isolation and duplication, I mean, it okay. hasn't. It hasn't. It's not all bad. So the ordinance. So, but I was created I at think the county they're outside level. Outside of the city limit, I think this ordinance is at the county level. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Because, I mean, I'm I'm not in favor of any city doing this, but yet I don't know that a county should be able to tell a city what their ordinances can and can't be. That's kind of the same problem with the federal no, government. I, I think this is the unincorporated area between Ely and McGill. Okay. Which is just barely out of town. So this reminds me of something I read this morning. There's a guy, a developer, and he considers himself a patriot. He's a developer in North Carolina. And he's developed a 43-acre area where it's going to be like a subdivision. I don't think that's what they call it. They don't call them subdivisions because that, you know, that sounds like something you put a trailer house in. This is some patriotic development area. And in order to live there, it's mandated you must fly the U.S. flag every day. Well, okay. If you want to live there, is there somebody standing at the door saying, ah, no, Luce, you can't live in here because uh, we're pretty sure that, uh, you know, you won't fly the flag every day. So, yeah, it's going to attract people there that want to fly the flag every day. Okay, and but, have but you're flying the flag of freedom when you're telling people they don't have the freedom not to fly the flag. <laughs> I don't I understand that. that. <laughs> there's the oxymoron. It's the same way as the county could have a something on the books that says if you have weeds that are 10 foot tall and cheatgrass in your yard and it's a pretty good chance because you're a welding shop mm -hmm. that you're probably going to burn the neighbors out and you, you should kind of clean up the weeds around your property. They do that too. And most people comply and some don't. And then they get fined and then the, somebody comes in the county or somebody comes and cleans things up. So yeah, you can find an exception to every rule. So, I mean, it's like the it's like the cocaine in the White House. You want to hear something? I believe this is all put up. The Democratic Party. Oh, absolutely, was reads the polls every day, and 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 they see the Pinocchio Joe's not their man. They're going to lose a slug of power based on his whatever it is, his poor performance for forty years or whatever. So what? better thing to do and set out a bag of co cocaine newsflash 
You don't think we Willie Winky back in the Clinton era didn't smoke a little dope in the back room or in the in the closet with Monica? I mean, <clears throat> it's been going on for a long time. But they throw a bag of dope out there, you know, trying to basically the Democrats trying to get rid of the guy that's going to be their man. And mm-hmm. if Kamala's not on drugs, a word salad, and then you start giggling. Again, that's the artificial intelligence that I saw with the people who smoke too much dope. She giggles all the time, and so do the dopey guys. This was, they, this was all calculated enough, long they... before the 2020 election. Yep. There's nothing new in this. Yep. No, but but we're trying to drum up business in the mainstream media that it's all Trump's fault. No, no. <laughs> they created the monster. And just like cancer, it gets bad enough that eventually kills the host. And that's what's happened. The Democrats have been in power. If the Republicans have been in power for all this time and had all their way, do whatever they wanted, we would be after the Republicans if you're trying to get it back to of, by, and for the people. Because it's not of, by, and for the people. That's obvious. We fight the wars. Yeah, We're well, the ones that, that uh, can have our property condemned and our farms taken away from us. It's it's all planned out. And the other part of the plan is that the Democrats maintain power by dividing the Republican Party. And by finding dope in the House, by finding a, a Hunter Biden's laptop and not bringing about true justice and penalizing this guy like he should be, it creates division within the local Republican Party, and that division is ultimately going to be what takes us down. I'm just telling you, I'm seeing it happen in every state. Roll out one segment left after this. Don't forget to check in with High Plains Cattle Supply. Stop and ask Robert what's the latest in the cattle business. The cattle business has been under attack. I mean, fundamentally, it just doesn't make any sense when you know they're penalizing cattle for having producing methane. Methane is 90% of what comprises natural gas that we use to make electricity. It all falls into the same system of trying to demonize the very elements of life that make life better. Oh, sure. Our forefathers made it without electricity. Do you really want to do that? They made it without a, a, irrigation. They made it without fertilizer. Why would we do that? In the name of protecting the climate? Who can fall for this stuff? Robert has history and can tell you all about it at High Plains Cattle Supply. And check out Certified Piedmontese on the web, certifiedpiedmontese.com. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler, preventative fireman extraordinaire with the grazing animals, particularly the sheep. Any sheep stories this week? Well, well, the only sheep story we found is there's some kind of a white flower that seems to be taken over a mountain that isn't controlled by the Bureau of Land Management. Sheep won't eat it. Cows won't eat it. And it's just spreading like wildfire. And it's like halogeton, which is poisonous to cattle and sheep in a higher degree and they don't they 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 don't want to do anything they, they you know the, 
they get their marching orders. I mean, you talk about zombie management all the way back to day one. The Bureau of Land Management from practically when it was still the land office was out to eliminate public land grazing, first of all, of sheep. And they've done a fine job of that. They just about got us all. But the cowboys are right behind us. Now they're coming up with this conservation, uh, having the same value as uh, grazing to try and eliminate grazing. I mean, it just goes on and on. It never, it never ends. But the management, nobody in the management tries to actually take care of the land except the people that are out there all the time. And that's the ranchers, sheep ranchers, cow ranchers. All of this stuff, they made a terrible mistake. There's no probably no greater winter range on earth than there is in the state of Nevada. But they took the sheep guys off of it. They let them convert it to cow range. We came up with water trucks. The cows concentrated on the white sage. So the white sage got abused and eliminated. We had invasive species come in, whether it was cheatgrass or halogen. And all they do is set and point it out. Nanner, nanner, nanner. Well, okay. Let's do something about it before it gets out of control. Now it's out of control, and they just stand around and go, well, we'll have to take that under advisement. You know, we, Washington, D.C., if we had some more men, yeah. uh, if we had some more money, we could probably deal with that. But that's, you know, we're just strapped. We're, you know, yeah, Ely only had three people in it back in the 70s, but now we got, I don't know, 100 or so. That's all right. We're, we're office, taking over. Um, I think that is, I've heard that statistic. I do know I won a, a bottle of whiskey from a senator. I bet him there were more people working for the BLM in the state of Nevada than had than the farmers that had permits. And he said, I'll take that bet. And he had to hand deliver it to my old tar paper shack. He didn't himself, but he sent his uh, <clears throat> right-hand man who didn't like me for some reason, maybe my charming personality. I don't know. Did he, did he <laughs> Somebody knocked. I dip? forgot all about it. Did he bring his sheep dip whiskey? <laughs> no. No, it was the maker's mark. Oh. Hey, I got a question. It was for the, you. The, the, the. Go ahead. The, it was, it was the senator's flavor, oh. not mine. And I, and that's what we bet. And okay. I just said, well, I wanted hand delivered to my house. And so about three months later or whatever it was, there was a time lag there. Somebody's knocking on my door. I opened the door and this bottle, a half gallon of Maker's Mark comes shooting through the door. <laughs> and I saw who it was and I go, well, come on in. I'll buy you a cocktail. And he said it's a really nasty thing. Something about a fork or something, that flavor. I know it started with an F and a K and, Y-O-U, <laughs> stomped off. So. Yeah. But uh, I sipped that whiskey special. <laughs> so, Hank, it, we were talking about noxious weeds. And I yes, had sir. one I had one time the county stopped in. We got a weed board in, the, in Sherman County. And the weed board's like the weed Nazis. And if they're driving by and they see one of the declared noxious weeds and too high of a, a prevalence in your pasture – or in your yard, they'll they'll tell you to either get them fixed or they'll spray it and send you a bill. So 
I, I, I've never challenged that authority, but that's not really my point. You are now on the, the White Pine County commissioners. I assume you have a similar weed board and you monitor noxious weeds in the county at some level. Tri-County Weed Department. Yeah. Just talked to them last night. So if you were to have, so you also just walked us through where you had, let's just talk about halogen. Is it officially considered a noxious weed in the county? No, it's, it's a White Pine County plant now. Oh, because nobody. Well, wants what to would be a considered a noxious weed for the Tri County Weed Board? Uh, Canadian thistle, white top, the regular suspects. Okay, so ours is must thistle, but yeah, same uh, thing. Uh, so if you have on your permit, uh, let's say it's a Bureau of Land Management land that resides within White Pine County, does the county have the authority to tell the Bureau of Land Management or, i.e., the permit holder that you have to take care of that? They provide a certain amount of funding, but when I talked to the gentleman last night, uh, he said that they hadn't received any funding, so therefore they had no work that they could do on uh, the, the bureau's side. So they evidently they cooperate to a certain amount, but he's going to check in and see what it takes to get this because it's just coming through the fence, and you know, I mean. <laughs> We've had to move the sheep twice because there's just hardly anything in there to eat because this plant has just taken over. What? Yeah, white yarrow, 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 or something like that. Tall well, yarrow. I don't know what. It so is, there's supposedly funding that, that funds the Tri County Weed Board to take care of that. You, you as the tenant of that land, tenant's not the right <laughs> word because you're not a tenant. You're you're vested rights holder of the land. It's not your responsibility. Uh, not on the BLM, but but it, it's it's going to shorten up where I run my rams in the summertime. That's, a, that's uh, an interesting scenario. By an inedible plant. Yeah, because but ultimately they do contribute you're to the, you're grazing. What I was told last night. See, here's an Achilles heel, and somebody's figured this out. I'm sure. So you could have your your range count, whoever determines what your grazing AUMs are going to be, could handcuff you on your grazing management strategy, which would allow for a noxious weed to grow at a, per, a higher prevalence in a certain area, and yet you be held accountable for not maintaining this noxious weed correctly on land owned by the BLM. In, in a certain in the certain aspects of that. Yes. And and what's even worse is we're going to have to move the sheep somewhere where the sheep can graze between now and October when we take the lambs off. Uh, and so therefore we may be concentrating those animals in an area mm -hmm. uh, that hopefully will not be overgrazed or we'll have to remove the animals early. So it's a win-win for the people that want to destroy Public land grazing, which it's not public land. It belongs to the state of Nevada. And they just never have taken up that challenge. However, they are. Rex Denninger and Elko County and other places, they are incrementally trying to get, you know, at one time, I believe Elko County was the largest cattle producing state and probably county. sheep too in the United States. County. Yeah. That county, that one county. Now yeah. it's not even rated in the top 
50. You were Arnie second. Malheur, Lake County in Oregon. You're, you were second. Yeah, Elko County was Nebraska, second for a long Nebraska, time behind Nebraska. Nebraska, Cherry County, Nebraska. Now one, two, and three are all in Nebraska. Cherry, Custer, yep. Holt. And I, I saw a chart the other day and Elko County, Nevada doesn't have one county in the entire list that was presented. Not one county. So the state, of, the state of Nevada does not have one county. Okay. Um, so that's just an interesting scenario that anybody that thinks that ranching and these subsidized ranchers on federal land have got a gravy train in a year where you actually get some precipitation to generate foliage growth and something to grow, you now have a noxious weed that's outgrowing all of the available forage to feed the stock and you can't even use the area that's accelerated in growth. You got it. Bienvenidos Estados Unidos. Welcome to America. Okay, final yeah, thing. Who, who's going to get the blame? You. Ah. Um, yep. Final thing, and we have two minutes. I want to just get your perception on this. In the state of Nevada House, legislative body, I don't know how long they meet. Do they meet half the year? Do they meet 150 days or what? They just got through. They meet every other year. Then they have you know all the committees that meet year-round practically, but it's in session, it ha- and it's ended. They, it, it, by statute, it has to end by a certain date. There are, it's already ended, and it'll the next one will be in twenty five. Okay, so would you consider either one of the House or the Senate to have a bit of a conservative flavor, and then the other one not, or how does that shake out right now? All the conservatives in the Assembly and in the Senate could meet in a phone booth. So not even the House has a, a a conservative tint to it. We have about three or four. All of them are out of lost wages and out of the Reno area. And so the Reno area is now the bedroom community for Silicon Valley. And so they're building stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla's putting in the battery plant. I mean, it's just they're and, they're out of water, too. <laughs> So I determined something this past week, Hank, that I think is very relevant. I'm going to continue to delve delve into. So it makes sense to me that Nevada would not have a conservative tent either in the House or the Senate. But in the the otherwise known red states, in other words, the Great Plains of America, and I'm including Florida because I had an individual from Florida here, we have a conservative majority in the House of Representatives, barely, but in the Senate, it's all liberal in every single state. The only answer for every state to have the same percentage of liberals versus conservatives, liberals in the Senate versus a slight advantage in the House to the the conservatives is if the control, if the elections are completely controlled. Just give them enough to make them think that we're doing it right but control the Senate so that nothing ever happens. That's what's happening right now. Well, and that's what George Soros, where he backs certain uh, prosecutors and other people on the local level, keep everything in turmoil. And then everybody goes, we got to have the government help us to get out of this. No, no, they're creating it, boys and girls. Wake up. 
We've successfully journeyed down the road. The alarm clock is going off now. Don't hit snooze. We've journeyed down the road connecting food producers, food consumers, Frank Vogel, Ramtran Lewis, both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a rollout.